Good afternoon, Facebook and Instagram. Hello, and YouTube. Everybody, high energy start. We're high starting energy. now. <laughs> we've just got. We've just finished two weeks of prayer and fasting, and this is this is what energy we got left over. Yeah. Okay. We are not running on Hi, empty anymore. We are running on plenty. Hey, <laughs> good. Wow. Keep flying, man. Keep going. Keep going. I hope we recorded that. You're on a roll. Go. <laughs> Welcome to episode eight of Live Lunch with me, Johan Philip, and Joel Virgo, who leads Emmanuel Church in Brighton. Um, the lovely Megan Landers. No. <laughs> the lovely Megan Lara May. Nicholas. Uh, Nic- Nic- Nicholas. Ah, the lovely Megan Lara May Nicholas. Yeah. Is, Got her in the end. Is here with us, directing in the director seat again. Yes. Uh, but you were here last, last week as well, weren't you? She was here, yeah. And you've so got an interesting drink with you. It's just green tea. Green tea. Do you not like green tea? No. no, 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 I don't. Okay, everybody, if you like Chinese food, what do you have to drink with it? You have green tea. Try it now, thank me later. Yes, it's true. Do not try anything else. Definitely don't do wine with Chinese food. And don't do, or you could try beer, but really green tea. And never do instant coffee. Oh, don't do that anyway. Unless, yeah. I don't know oh. if such a thing existed anymore. Welcome. Oh. Hey, guys. Lunch is here. Oh, this is good. We don't have Chinese food today. We don't? Okay. <laughs> but wow. we don't have green tea either. We have this stuff. Okay, which I'm very grateful for. Thank you very much. Thank you to the... Thank you, Josh and Jono. Good men. Wowzers. Come on. All that chicken. That could be a whole chicken or several. I shouldn't really say that, should I? It's kind of dark. <laughs> whole family of chickens. Small whole farmyard turn. full of chickens. Excellent. Welcome, oh, guys. Megan, thanks, tuck guys. In. Here you go. Have some, have some sachets of, of salt and pepper. Of chicken. No, don't say I don't we, look uh, after you. Yeah, I mean, this is probably where our office is based. We don't have a little choice on, on restaurants. No, it's but okay. We've got KFC. It's definitely going to get some calories in us. Yeah, and some sugar. Megan, would you like some fries? Yeah, we are not being very Brighton, drinking Pepsi and eating yeah, KFC. I'm actually not going to have any Pepsi. Have we got any coffee coming, right? Because um, we might have some coffee coming. Oh, well, I'll wait. Yeah. I'll wait. Thank you very much. Mm. Thank you, and welcome everybody to live lunch. It's good to see you, and uh, to eat in front of you. All right, intense about to have any chicken. <laughs> oh yeah, guys, tucking is way too much chicken. Yeah, it's way too much chicken. Chicken. Mm-mm. Love some chicken, don't you? Good. For me, the hot wings are, are my favourite. This is not a not a vegan week. No. Definitely food for mm. me. Yep. I feel like we should start talking because I don't think people want to watch we should me talk. as eat chicken. Hi, everybody. Um, so last Sunday we looked at uh, Thrive Power. Mm-hmm. Power. Mm. Power. Mm. Um, which involved more than you just shouting out power three times. Mm-hmm. Um, what, you, you know, amazing, because actually you, the power of what you just did. Yeah, wasn't it? Was yeah. So powerful. Do you want to summarise what you? Mm. What okay, you I'm going to have to put the food down. Yeah. <laughs> we talked about the stewarding of power, using power. What, what's, what's um, the the ability that God has given each of us for? And yeah, I mean that's a big question, big subject, and it wasn't. I mean, we're talking about. The, the, the skills, gifts, strengths, abilities, talents, mm-hmm. and actually looked at the, 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 what's called the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, where Jesus talks about these three, three servants whose master gave them some, some, um, some uh, 
it's a money, yeah. It's 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 a it's a currency unit, but mm-hmm. but uh, we use the word talents. But it, it can it can be transferred to talking about literally talents. How do we use the things God's given us mm-hmm. fruitfully? So that's what we looked at. What, do you think the word for? talents came from? Talents are currency. I don't know. I should have found that out. Shouldn't is this, I? Is it just coincidence? Mm. It seems it seems a strange coincidence that it's you know mm. yeah, but um yeah. It's literally a unit of currency that would have been worth about 20 years' salary. Average 20 salary. years? Wow. Yeah, so to be given... It is the root of talent. It is! Mm. Wow. I would have oh. Been sure oh, my word. Oh. Hey! My wife. Oh, man. Hey. Hello. It's got to be you. Is that, is that the old one? Is that... Yeah. Thanks, is that oat, oat milk, is it? Hello. Mm. Hello. There you go. Hello. Thank you very much. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. It was such a welcome. It's such a tender moment. Would you like some? Chi- would you like some chicken? I'm all right. Thanks <laughs> so much. Mm. Enjoy. See you soon. See you soon. Thanks, Excellent. Uh, there you go. I would love you to come enjoy this. Mm. Yeah, yeah, come in, Dan. Dan Nightingale also got engaged recently. Getting married. Mm. Getting married this year. Lots of people seem to be getting engaged around us. Mm. Wonderful. So, um, yeah, that's the root of the word talent. Thank yeah. you, Simon, our researcher. Yeah, from, um, <laughs> from the Greek translation, unit of money. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now it's made its way into our English. Um, yeah. Talents being equated with money, that's a very fascinating thought. Mm. There you go. But, anyway, you spoke about people being. people um, being given gifts and abilities and talents. By God, mm. uh, being blessed with, um, I guess, being able to do stuff in an incredible way, in a way which other people people can't. What are some of your talents? So I just thought. Do you have? What, what would you say? Some of your talents. I'm, I'm an astonishing uh, player on the on the spoons. Right. <laughs> it's a, it's one of those Maybe things. You could, you know, could you only the people next that week have, or something. I think that the, the backstreet clubs of um, Guadalajara, everyone would agree. <laughs> yeah, that's where I spend most of my summers, just uh, cr- cruising those places, just in the... It's a, it's, a, it's a little known thing, but, you know, I blend my cover now, but, yeah. There you go. So I, I just play it... with all the salsa bands, and, and sometimes we go as far north as New Orleans, and we, we take in all that, all that kind of, that world. Yeah, me on the spoons. Should we, like, have a demonstration? I'll play with the best. Next week. I have. Yeah. Should we get some spoons now? Mm-hmm. No, I think we don't have time. We're busy eating chicken. I wouldn't so want to. I wouldn't want to right show. You know, uh, yeah, could get distracted from the theology. <laughs> I guess one of the big questions that people talk, that comes to mind is: is it unfair that people were born with certain gifts and certain talents, and mm. um, is there a form of inequality? Mm. Um, the thing that that came to mind was I, I watched the film Lincoln, two thousand and twelve film, two thousand and thirteen film, which um, is a brilliant film. And there's this... Film there's about Abraham Lincoln. About Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, Not about Lincoln Park. <laughs> no. no. Different spelling. Yeah. Same Fing, pronunciation. Finger Lincoln. Yeah. Kentucky Fried Lincoln. So on it. Mmm. Go on. And um, a character played by Tommy Lee Jones, uh, Thaddeus Stevens. Mm. Um, the, the tension that Abraham Lincoln and the American Senate face with... Um, Stevens is uh, was very much the whole slavery conversation uh, whether he viewed men as being born equally or not um, because they had this very well, all men should be born we've got to acknowledge that all men were born equal hmm. and he argues he says in this climatic scene where he says uh, 
I don't hold that all men are born equal. I can't hold that all men are born equal because I look at you, you stinking mortal caucus. Uh, caucus of, of you from Ohio. Not you, but the person that he, he points you, at. You've memorized this speech. <laughs> Clearly. You've obviously taken time. I have. How can I'll, I... I'll be just waiting to heckle you use, and shout out yeah, you. Yeah, that's right. Um, it's bank that away, that insult. <laughs> in, that could come in handy. In light, of, in light of encountering and relationship with people, you know not, not, not men are born equal. Yeah. But... Before the law, all men should be held um, equal. So that's the equality that he talks about. It's not so much the equality with uh, ability, but it's the equality before law. Mm-hmm. And all, all men should, and women should be treated justly mm. uh, from, from that sense. Um, you touched a lot about equality as well. Mm. Do you want to unpack a little bit of the equality that you were talking so, about? So I guess um, the point that I, I, I think we have to make is that there's uh, there's equality um, um, in 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 modern Western societies, especially, and, and I guess globally, with with things like the United Nations kind of um, um, pushing the the theme of universal human rights, and that's been a kind of growing um, as, uh, prevailing assumption in 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 the last few generations of, of world history that people. People are endowed with, with, with human rights that, in the words of the American Constitution, just as one example, are self-evident. Everybody's equal because they are, because they are. And sometimes I've even gone into conversations with people, people who, who've, who've pushed um, the theme of equality as a given. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously a given that... that, that Everybody is equal, and just to kind of test their thinking and to help them to reflect, perhaps a little, and see see if 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 I can provoke some some reflection. Have sometimes said, "Why do you believe that? Why do you believe that all people are equal?" Mm-hmm. And th- these will sometimes be people who have no no Christian conviction, not even any necess- any belief in God. Sometimes, so we don't believe in God, but we believe that all people are equal. Mm. If you don't believe in God, it's 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 actually quite difficult to to find a basis for preaching the the equality of all humankind as though it was a given. Why would you believe that at all? There's no basis for believing it. And yet we kind of parrot it as if it's like, well, you can't you can't question it. You, you thou shalt not question the equality of all humanity. But but surely we should, if we're trying to if we're trying to boast of being reasonable, rational people, which very often skeptics and or even atheists Will will boast, will will claim, but there's ultimately no good reason to propound the equality, the the, the equality uh, of 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 in essence of all humanity, mm. unless actually God Himself has given that that dignity. If it's a gift, if it's something that all people have by virtue of it being given perhaps by virtue of being made in the image of God, which is the Bible's claim, or even as the Bible goes further, that God himself became human, mm-hmm. became not just human, became became a weak baby, a little child in a manger in a marginalized society growing up amongst peasants. This, this, this helps us to be very careful before we despise any kind of, of human being. We start realizing, no, no, God's put his, his own identity uh He's somehow invested within human identity, his own, his own identity in a way that, that's mysterious but powerful. It's meaningful. It says that, no, humanity is hugely important to God. It's, yeah. 
um, it's a big deal. Yeah. And it means a lot of things become, in the in the biblical view of the world, completely taboo. It's like you can't be, you know, we're eating chicken, right? <laughs> you know, you, that's why certain things like cannibalism or or, or even just uh, just racism, uh, just all the kinds of different abuses that that show cruelty. Any any way that we kind of disparage somebody uh, or, or harm someone without warrant. It's not just a question of this is a naughty or nasty thing to do, but it's a it's a blasphemous thing to do. We go we 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 hunt down the roots of equality, and we find they go down very very deep. They go down to the very nature of God, and that's a much better basis on which to build uh, a passion for equality. Mm-hmm. The irony is when people sometimes dis, dis, dismiss the Bible or dismiss Christianity in in the name of equality. We don't want any of this Christianity around here because it's it doesn't help us with our equality. You think, no, I'd say it's the other way around. I'd say if you get rid of the God of the Bible, you don't have a reason for equality. So that was the point we were kind of trying to aim for mm. and help people to consider and reflect. Mm. Oops. Brilliant. I, I think for me that it's dealing with, if you, there isn't that, that one of Jesus' teachings, where as much has been given to you, much will be asked of you and you'll be, you'll have to give account for what, you've been given to the, mm-hmm. and so I think for if you've been if you've been blessed with an ability mm. um, God's going to hold you to an account with how you've used your ability and, mm. and the gifting that he's given you as in with the talents where he mm. asks them what have you done with mm. with the talents that I gave you mm. Mm. Uh, and when they've invested invested in it and, and turned the five into ten talents mm. um, he honors them and gives them more which is which is quite amazing. Mm. I think the next, that leads to my next question. So, people who've been given an ability in or a talent or a gift uh, to do to do something, um, how do they walk in a way that honors the gifted nature of or the giftedness of what they have that it's been given to them, and not like a, a true like true humility, uh, not walking. You could have the, the the bad response would be getting really cocky and, and yeah, proud yeah. with what you've been given, yeah. or the uh, another bad response would be, oh no, uh, I don't want to acknowledge this because this is just too good a thing, and uh, it's it's not me, it's Jesus, and it's not that good. But yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That kind of false humility. What yeah. would like a truly humble approach be to being gifted? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So sometimes you, you hear that kind of story in church circles where you, you'd say to someone, "You did that really well. Mm. Well done. Thank you so much for the thing you did." And the person will, will say, no, that wasn't me. It was Jesus. Jesus did that. It's not that good, mate. And that's right. That's the answer you have to give. No, no, no he would have done it a lot better yeah. than you. Um, and, but, but where the person's coming from is a, is a kind of, um, um, I, I guess, a, a concern to avoid pride, to avoid uh, conceit and, and arrogance. And, you know, maybe that's, that's, a, that's a good thing. But it's, 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 it's perhaps possible to fall off this horse either side. You could, you could make the mistake of being... Um, uh, obsessed about how gifted you are, you could make this, this, the equivalent mistake of being obsessed about how ungifted you are. Mm. Both of them are to be obsessed about how how you are. <laughs> Both of them are self obsession, um, and and actually, um, th- the posture that we we're called to is 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 worship which means to really have our minds fixed on the giver and and to be turning things back to gratitude, turning things back to fruitful service of him Mm. and for others. Ultimately, it's a kind of self-forgetfulness. So, you know, C.S. Lewis famously says, humility is not um, to think poorly of myself and to think lowly of myself and to think bad thoughts about myself. Humility is to not think about myself 
very much at all. So not particularly be not take myself seriously or so seriously, I should say. Um, there is a correct taking, you know, taking of ourselves in hand and knowing, knowing, you know, be, being aware of ourselves is really important. But but becoming so self-aware, so self-obsessive that we're trying to be humble. I've got to be humble. I've got to be humble. I've got to be humble. It's nearly always counterproductive. It doesn't, it doesn't create humility. It can even create pride because we're really obsessing about ourselves. One of the interesting gifts that you come across where these sort of feelings comes into play is probably the gift of leadership. Yeah, uh, and people stepping up and wanting to take on more responsibility or or being ambitious yeah. could almost be seen as that's a, that's like a, a, it's a bit it's a bit cocky it's a bit why are you yeah. stepping why are you putting your head above everybody else when you should be lowly and yeah. and submit and serve and do things in the corner where nobody notices you and yeah. and that sort of thing. But there are some people who really come alive when uh, when they get to lead people and when they get to inspire people and work with people. Yes, we've been doing strength finders. At Emmanuel, the course uh, developed by Gallup, um, and one of the uh, strengths is command. Mm-hmm. So, is people who have that strength are very good at stepping up and taking command of a situation and instructing people and making stuff happen. Um, how do you view the whole gift of leadership? Yeah, and so, the yeah. gift, uh, the talent of leadership. Yeah, it's a, it's named as a biblical gift, isn't it? In Romans twelve, the gift of leadership, and if you have this gift, then lead diligently you know don't don't hide the gift use it um it's that's what the bible commands us to do and and actually there are plenty of places in scripture where the the, the, the clear point of some of the stories and the narratives that come comes through is is that people fail because they didn't exercise the gift of leadership that they had they didn't lead and that can be down to cowardice or or, or it can be down to like false false modesty and I think that's a classic thing that you're talking about. We, we do live in an age where we, perhaps in the, in the name of wanting to democratise things, keep things equal, avoid any kind of dicta- dictatorial situation, we might, we might decry the idea of the leader and pull down the leader. You know, they say that if you put a bucket of crabs, a load of crabs in a bucket, you've probably heard this before, if you put a whole load of crabs in a bucket and, and one of them tries to escape, it might actually get to the very top of the, the rim of the bucket but the other crabs will always pull it back down again. <laughs> They'll always pull down the one that's just about to escape. And it's like, no, 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 this is the guy that if, if this crab escapes, it will show you all the way out of being cooked in a restaurant. You're gonna, if you want to escape, let this guy lead the way. But no, 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 we mustn't have a leader. We mustn't, he's, who, who does he think he is? <laughs> and I guess that's the, um, the kind of syndrome that we can, we can struggle from in humanity. Like, oh, we mustn't let someone get too exalted. So we pull them down. Whereas it may be that, no, letting the person flourish in their gift will be best for all of us. Yeah. Um, and I, I, think, I think when it comes to leadership, we, we, we perhaps mistake. We, Jesus told us really clearly in several t- explicit ways at times he said it. And, and the way he did it was, mm. that it was to teach that we, to be great is to be the one who serves. Mm. And so he teaches on servant leadership. Mm. That's, that's how it is. He says, not, you know, don't lord it over one another like the Gentiles do. No, the, the, to, to lead, you must serve. Mm. The greatest among you is a servant. So he espouses servant leadership, mm. and the way he led was by serving. Um, but that's the key thing. We, we actually, if, if you have a gift of leadership, see it as, a, as an opportunity to serve. Mm. Uh, actually serve by leading. Mm rather than lead by serving, which is what I think we sometimes do. We're a bit kind of nervous of, of leadership. We think it makes you feel, 
uncomfortable and awkward about yourself. So you say, right, I, I won't lead then, I'll just serve. And what we normally think we mean by things mm. like that is do things that look explicitly like servanthood. Mm. So, you know, I clean out the bins or I t- set out the chairs as a way of saying, oh, no, I'm not a leader, I'm a servant. Mm. Now, now, by all means, everyone should clean out the bins. Everyone should set up the chairs, for sure. We should all mm. serve. But don't do that to assuage your conscience. Don't do that to say, well, I really am a servant. Look look how servant-hearted I am. Look, I'm doing these menial tasks just to show how much of a servant I am. Um, no, no, no. The reality is if you lead properly, yeah. it will cost you. Anyone who's really led anything will have to say, yeah, that was service. That was hard. That, that was costly. It, it, it cost me some honour, some reputation. It cost me some friends. It cost peace. me some popularity. It cost me some peace and mm. some comfort. Maybe it cost me a lot of money, but whatever. Mm. Well, if you really lead, it will cost. And Jesus says, serve one another. And so what do we do? Well, we, we actually serve the church or we serve anything best. If we have a gift of leadership, mm. we, we, we serve it by leading. We, we use the gift to serve others with. Jesus wasn't ashamed to be the leader, but he used his leadership gift to serve other people. And the classic example is in John chapter 13, where it says that about Jesus, knowing that all things have been given him by the Father and that he'd come from the Father and that he was going to the mm. Father, you think that's a big list of leadership credentials. He's like, he's the son of God. He's the Lord of the universe. All things are given to him. And then it says he took a towel, took a basin and washed his disciples' feet. So it's like he doesn't say, oh, "I wouldn't be, the, I wouldn't want to presume to be the leader." No, I'm just, I'm just the same as everybody else here. I'm not, I'm not more gifted. I'm not more talented. I'm not really a leader. No, he knows he is. He, he steps up. Yeah, I'm, I am the leader, but he uses his leadership gift actually for the blessing and benefit Brilliant. of other people. So you could summarize this point by saying, "Don't just lead by serving; serve by leading." Yes, 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 yes. Johan Philip, you heard that here first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I got it, I got it from someone else. So it's let's let's not let's. Uh, okay. If we're going to play so the plagiarism so game, then I win. So it wasn't me. Yeah. I, I think one of the things I really do appreciate about you, and this is not the Joel Vogue appreciation. Uh, well, I, I think sure. I, I'd like to change it to that. So let's keep going with this. <laughs> is when you lead, and when you're we are exercising leadership in a situation, I I do notice that that does come either in the moment or through through a long conversation of you saying, but Jesus is our leader and you're leading on his behalf. So you're always pointing, mm-hmm. we're listening to his leading and we're listening to his calling, which is what we've been doing over these two weeks of prayer and fasting, just spending time with God, with our leader. Sure. Uh, and I, I genuinely like how you, you keep pointing that, like you don't draw the attention to yourself, but in the same way, you don't deflect and say, oh, I, don't have a, I don't have a decision, I'm... Sure, Let's just pray sure. and wait for yeah, yeah. for this thing to resolve or to, for, for, for some clarity to emerge. But you give us vision, and yet yeah. you seem to always do it in the context of saying, but he is ultimately yeah, yeah. I think that's brilliant. Yeah. And it is a test. The test doesn't it seems to come more when you, as you lead, that you're... If, if you lead well in, in, in anything, what you're going to do by accident almost is see other people come to lead with their gifts and they yeah. start to flourish around you. And then you have to be able to... <laughs> Yeah. live with that and live with the implications of that and yeah. that's sometimes the bigger test I have than- noticed some context where they say oh no we don't have any leadership in this in this situation or in this organisation we, we no leadership is a bad thing we don't have leadership but it takes an extraordinary level of leadership to make that happen yeah. and to not allow other people to emerge as leadership yeah. so even by saying we are not having any leaders uh, you're leading yeah. in that decision making totally. process totally. Yeah. Uh, do you have any questions for us Megan? we've got five minutes left so if you do have any questions please send them over 
Um, but I think we have some from the floor. So um, we do. Yeah. Um, in the parable, it's definitely God that gave different levels of talents. Mm. The five, two, and the one. It wasn't a result of the fall. It was a God thing. Mm. If you've got two talents, how do you, um, when looking at somebody who's got five, uh, in terms of jealousy? Um, but it's not just like a problem with them. But even just, how do you protect yourself, thinking God favors them more than you? In terms of like, does God love them more than he loves me then? Because God's given them more to them than he has to me. Um, so you, I know you touched on jealousy on Sunday, but I think it's more like, you've chosen this, you've chosen to give me less. Like, why is that? How, even if you're feeling that, how can you protect your heart or just navigate that well? Uh, I think it, the uh, the ultimate thing it would seem to me is, is, it, is it's going to... The disquiet and discontent and jealousy that's created by that com- comes from an, uh, in, an inadequate um, joy, um, because it, it's the person that's 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 not living in the satisfaction of of God's uh, particular care for them, particular. Um, Love for them, and it, it, I guess, I, I, that's it, certainly that's an easy answer in the sense that it's the correct answer, and I think the process of getting to the place of feeling sufficient joy to overcome jealousy and pride can be a battle, um, but I think there's no other battle so noble. It's 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 the most wonderful battle, and to say I'm I'm deliberately going to turn my attention to Christ. I'm going to deliberately get my soul fed. Um, here at this table, as it were, um, because there's no there's no better way. Um, I, I yeah I don't deny that that's a discipline and sometimes a, a painful one, but ultimately it's a, it's got to be rewarding. I think you see that in in scripture. You see it in the way that Jesus um, um, helps people to get their attention back on Him. So I guess one example, you know, when people tend to plead their own um, sacrifices. Jesus is quick to say, you guys don't lose out. So like when Peter does the thing of, you know, we've left everything to follow you. Jesus' response is, yeah, listen, guys, no one who leaves everything to follow me will fail to receive a hundredfold in this life and the following. You, you do not, you are not losers. You are not victims. You guys, are, you are abundantly provided for. And I think that comes through in so many ways that you realize God is determined to see to it that we're satisfied in him um, ultimately. And I've seen that happen I guess in, in different ways with the people that I've observed. I've had the privilege of um, seeing a whole lot of leaders in, in the organisation that I'm, I'm in, le- leading in, um, hand over responsibility to mostly younger generation of leaders who um, were probably you know, not yet at the same maturity level and, and all kinds of reasons why they could have easily been very negative about the whole process and bitter and and but there was just an incredible genuine humility on display from them you know i think of one or two particular moments where i saw it on display where where you could tell these guys are not getting their soul fed by their job they they love their job they love serving they genuinely love every minute but ultimately they know that they they receive their affirmation from the god who called them and they put that, for, and so they're happy to hand over, let others increase and them decrease. John the Baptist talks this way in John's gospel. He must increase, I must decrease. But then in the same paragraph, he's saying, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. You know, so it's, it's, it's all tied up with, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited about him. It's, it's, it's all about the, the one whose soul you're, who's feeding your soul. Um, 
I guess that's the thing. It comes back to worship so much, doesn't it? Yeah. I think you're more than a two talent person though, Simon. I think you've got a bit more. Probably like right. two and a half. You could name many, many more talented people than me. So yeah, yeah, me too, but just... Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't got long left, so uh, we've got a question from Instagram. I'm not even going to try and say this Instagram name, but it's a very long one. Um, but the question is, how can you lead by the spirit, but your own mind? So both. By your own, how yeah, can you yeah. lead by the spirit, but your yeah, own yeah, mind? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say... Um, 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 that you may you may need to step back a bit from what could be a, a bit of a false division if if you're thinking that the two things don't coexist well um god god is um the one who gave you a mind the holy spirit is the the author of of wisdom he's he's involved in you having a, a the sort of mind that can think things through carefully i think the danger is when our mind becomes exalted to the point where we are we we resist the will of God and we're proud and so I think that's what it means in Proverbs. You know, lean not on your own understanding, but in your ways acknowledge Him. That doesn't mean don't trust common sense and don't be reasonable and don't be rational and wise. It means don't use your wisdom as a reason to refuse uh, God's uh, superior wisdom. And and so there there's a bit of a, a, a tension sometimes that we need to, to walk. But I think anyone who has a humble attitude towards God and what God said about decision making and priorities will generally be okay. Keep a humble, prayerful attitude and then make decisions carefully and trust that God will guide you and, and intervene if, if ever you're going in the wrong direction and speak clearly and give, and give scripture advice that's sound that will help you back from making false decisions but don't be frightened of the wisdom that god has given you brilliant uh george a man behind facebook live or instagram live instagram live had a question do you want to quickly ask your question george uh yeah um he talked about the venn diagram of things i think i'm good at things other people say i'm good at and aiming for the middle Uh, what would you say to people who have something they're really passionate about but are realizing no one else thinks i'm good at that it's just me what would I say to that person? It would depend. If, you, if, if I know the person, I'd have some thoughts on it. I might have some of my own personal observations on the journey they're on because the reality is in a lot of cases what's happening there is they're having, they're having a moment of truth. It's like, oh, wow, I, I'm now having to adjust my understanding of what I'm called to do. And that's happened to all of us, and it must happen. I think that these processes are really healthy for everybody to go through the processing life. We realise what I thought I was good at, I'm, I might be partly wrong about this. Um, and, and just if you've never had to re- if you've never had to stop and consider that, um, there's probably some some reality checks needed. If you never had to stop and, th- and think, I-, I thought I was good at that. I'm not as good as I thought I was. You know, that's not the end of the world. That's that's not that's part of the journey of you finding out what you are called to. Um, so so don't don't freak out. Let it let it guide you in the right direction. Now you you may in the end be right and everyone else wrong. Uh, but the way to do that, surely, the way to handle that tension is not to uh, climb back into an arrogant place of sort of uh, pushing other people beyond their conscience and manipulating them and making them feel guilty for telling you things that you, that they, that you don't want to hear. But but prayerfully, patiently waiting for opportunities to to see if you are right. And, and it may be you have to go through a process of that. Um, but whatever it is, I think keeping a humble attitude is, is crucial in it, absolutely crucial. Um, trusting generally in the wisdom that God provides us with, with brothers and sisters, if they love us and they love Jesus, you're in pretty safe hands and uh, they, they, they will want to help you find out what you're called to do. Brilliant. 
Thanks so much, Joel. We've run out of time. Thanks so much for tuning in uh, to Live Lunch, episode eight. Have a great week ahead. Amen. See you soon.